like to welcome to our service if you'd like to find your place in Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 and the title of the message is Christmas According to Matthew. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18 it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately, privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. For the past three Sunday mornings, we've been preaching on the subject of why did Jesus come? We, we looked in the book of John where we saw that Jesus came to declare God to all men. He came to declare God's love for all men. In John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Not only did he declare God's love, but he declared God's plan for all men. But his long-suffering toward us, word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He declared God's provision for all men, but have everlasting life. God provided himself a lamb, and not just any lamb, but the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Oh, Calvary and the tomb and the resurrection was not some afterthought or some after plan. It was God's plan from the very beginning. In Mark, Jesus came to declare the gospel to all men. Uh, he, he came preaching repentance and faith in him. In the book of Luke, uh, Jesus came to declare his righteousness. Uh, he came to reveal man's heart and man's need for salvation. In Matthew, Jesus came to declare man's condition and that the only way for man to be reconciled with God was through faith in him. In verse 21 of our passage here it says, that she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. This world has a sin problem, and that is why Jesus came to save his people 
from their sins. In John 1 and verse 11, it says, He came unto His own, but his own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, And the angels said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born in the city of this day, in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. In Luke 19, 10, it says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. In John 1, 29, it says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Jesus is the only one who could satisfy the full and, and fulfill the demands of the law. He was perfect. He was sinless. He was holy. Yet for our sakes, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus came because this world has a sin problem. The world, that's every living soul, was already condemned. But Jesus came to save the world. Oh, this old world, I'm talking about the, the individuals in this world, was wrecked by sin. Oh, but thank God that Jesus came. In John chapter 3 and verse 17, it says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Turn with me over to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18 in your Bible. We're answering the question today, why did Jesus come? Christmas according to Matthew. In Matthew 18 and verse 11 it says, For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. That's good news for a world that's been condemned because of sin. That's a good news for the sinner today. That is great news for those who are lost. Let's keep reading in verse 12. It says, How thank ye, if a man have a hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and goeth into the mountains, and seeketh that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth, rejoiceth more over that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. God spared no cost to save you and me. He left glory and took on the form of a servant, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus came to seek you. He came to seek me out. Thank God he didn't leave us where he found us. He brought us unto himself. And thank God he's coming again one day to take us away and forever to be with him. Uh, go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 12. 
It says, But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Uh, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for their outward appearance of being righteous. They, they thought that through the observance of sacrifices, uh, it would be granted them favor with God. Uh, but Jesus points out the fact that mercy is what God truly desires. Uh, I could not keep the law. I could not better myself. Uh, oh, but thank God for mercy. When I deserved hell, Jesus came to me. When I was lost and on that broad way that leadeth to destruction, Jesus came to me. When I was dead in my trespasses and sin with no hope in sight, thank God that Jesus came to me. He came to call sinners to repentance. He came to those who had gone astray. He came to those who had broken the law of God. To those who were not perfect. To those who had no way to redeem themselves or defend themselves from the wrath to come. Why did Jesus come? He came that we might have mercy. Oh, that word mercy. I've been studying that word this week. And that word mercy in the 1828 Webster's Dictionary. Oh, I want you to pay close attention to the definition of the word mercy. Mercy is that benevolence, mildness, or tenderness of heart which disposes a person to overlook injuries, or to treat an offender better than he deserves. The disposition that tempers justice and induces an injured person to forgive trespasses and injuries and to forbear punishment or inflict less than law or justice will warrant. In this sense... There is perhaps no word in our language precisely synonymous with mercy. That which comes near it, nearest to the word mercy, is the word grace. Oh, it implies benevolence. It implies tenderness and mildness. It implies pity and compassion. It implies clemency, but exercised only towards offenders. Mercy is a distinguishing attribute of God. It's an act or an exercise of mercy, of favor. Oh, it's an act of pity, of compassion that's been manifested toward a person who is in distress. Oh, it's clemency and bounty. It's charity. Oh, it's grace. It's eternal life, which is the fruit of mercy. It's pardon. It's the act of sparing, or the forbearance of a violent act which is expected. You see, those Pharisees and all those who trust in their good deeds and their religion today have no idea of the mercy of God. In Psalms 23, in verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
If you look in some of these modern day versions of the Bible, and that's all they are is versions. If you look in the NIV, Psalms 23, 6 reads like this. Surely goodness and love will follow me. Wait a minute. That totally changes the meaning of the verse. The ESV says goodness and mercy, but it has a footnote that, that says the better word for, for mercy is a steadfast love. Again, this changes the meaning of that verse. The ASV says goodness and loving kindness. Again, it's totally changing the meaning of the verse. Uh, the Living Bible says, your goodness and unfailing kindness. The NASB says, certainly goodness and faithfulness. Again, taking away from the truth of salvation. The New King James reads like the King James Bible, but it too has a footnote. And at the end of the verse, it says that a better word or terminology for forever would be to the end of my days. There again, putting doubt on the eternal security of the believer. Hey, it's mercy that found me. It's mercy that saved me. It's the mercy of God that keeps me now and forever. Psalms 23, 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord, not to the end of my days, but forever. You see, mercy has to do with the eternal security of the believer. When you remove mercy from salvation, then you enter works in its place. And that's what Jesus was rebuking the Pharisees about. If you and I got what we deserved we'd be cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. But God, in His great mercy, sent His Son who came to me. He came to you. He sought me out and He sought you out. He came to call sinners to repentance and faith in Him. Thank God for mercy. All who believe in Jesus as their Savior will never get what they deserve because He came and died in their place. Jesus came to give His life a ransom for many. Where justice demanded death, Jesus died for me and I received mercy instead. Oh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. We're answering that question, why? Did Jesus come? In Matthew 11 and verse 28 it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus came to give us rest. You remember what the angel said in Luke chapter 2 and verse 10? It says, Fear not, for I behold, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Jesus came to save us, 
to give us rest. How many of you have experienced that rest that Jesus gave you on the day that you called upon Him? Your heart was no longer troubled. That conviction of sin that was upon you was gone. That condemnation because of your sin had been removed. The wrath of God was removed that day. And immediately, immediately, you found rest in Him. Go to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. Why did Jesus come? He came to suffer and die. For you and me. In Matthew chapter 27 and verse 33 it says, And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there, and set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Go down to verse 45 with me. It says, Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be. Let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Why did Jesus come? He came to give access to the Father by him. We now have bold access to God because Jesus came and Jesus died and rose from the grave. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you glad that Jesus came? If you're not saved, then would you please give Jesus the greatest gift that you could ever give Him? By faith, would you put your trust in Him and what He did on the cross for you and be saved today? Jesus came for you. There's still mercy available today. Christian, we ought to take this time of invitation to thank Him for coming. We should thank Him for the mercy and the grace that we have received and for all 
His benefits. Jesus is worthy that we praise and worship Him for all that He's done for us.